Hello, guys. We are live. This is the Alpha Podcast. Today, we're doing something special. It's called the Coach's Corner Series. That's right. Coach's Corner Series. What's that all about? I'm bringing in some of the top coaches around the world. Are we talking athletic coaches? No, we're talking coaches that uh, do things like success coaches, life coaches, hypnotists, those type of things around the, the country and around the world that are doing really amazing things with their clients. I thought it was a really neat show, uh, uh, something different to do and to bring these type of people together and to talk about awesome subjects is fantastic. So that's what we'll be doing on this show today, tonight, or in the morning, whenever you're watching this. All right, let me just find my intro here and I will see you on the other side. Just wanna keep moving. Yeah, I put out all the side. It's my only medicine. Yeah, everything I do, I'm just being genuine. Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed. Feel my own adrenaline. Yeah, I do just what I do. And I hope you let me in, let me in, yeah. <laughs> All right, we are live, joined in studio by Coach Jaron Kenyon and Coach Andrew Zamet Soller. All right, thanks you guys for joining me. How's everybody doing out there? Doing great, glad to be here. The inaugural Coach's Corner. With That's right. Guests here. Happy. To, I'm grateful to be invited into this situation, Sir Alpha Greg. <laughs> this is a little different than our regular show that Jared and me uh, co-host, uh, but uh, this is definitely a really fun show. It's got really great uh, topics, and uh, I'm sure you'll be on more than once, Jared. That's for sure. And welcome, oh. Andrew, all the way around Thank the world. You. Thank you for having me, Greg. And I'm really happy to be here with Yaren and you on this amazing show, Alpha's Coach's Corner. Yes. Uh, so the Coach's Corner, I just want to say that these guys are amazing coaches around the world here. Um, they do some amazing things with clients. They are um, on top of um, the mind-body-soul type thing, the balanced person. Uh, so they're always looking to try to balance somebody to figure out what's going on with them and to quickly try to fix them. And uh, sometimes not so quickly, depending on what's going on there. Uh, Andrew yeah. Zamet Soller, Soller uh, is an online coach of personal growth techniques uh, and achieve great success with personal growth. Uh, he's a hypnotist and has been on national TV a lot. You've had a lot of appearances on national TV, Andrew. Um, Jerry. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Jaron Kenyon, uh, you're a motivational speaker, life coach, and founder of Fast Track Your Dream Life. You have an event coming up very soon where you'll be speaking in Syracuse, New York, May 15th for, at the Alien Opera House and also the co-host of the Rise Up Radio Show. What's that thing? <laughs> yeah, what is that thing, Greg? <laughs> so I am the Alpha Podcast. Um, this is brought to you by Revolution Alpha Coaching. I coach people one-on-one -on -one in business, dating, long-term relationships, marriage, divorce, health, fitness. It's kind of a life coach thing. It's kind of a perspective thing. Uh, sometimes we all need to ask ourselves the right questions. Sometimes we need a third party to listen and talk it out and just bring the big picture perspective. And sometimes we just need a kick in the ass. I'm here for you. Uh, you can find all the, the information on Linktree uh, slash Revolution Alpha. And uh, you can find uh, Jaron and Andrew's uh, information on uh, Linktree slash Rise Up Radio. I have all their stuff right in there for you. All right. So today, since we're, this is the brand new uh, Coach's Corner series, uh, these two are going to lead the way into what this show can be. Uh, I think this can be an amazing place for people to learn some great stuff and also other coaches to kind of watch and see what we're up to and what the styles we use and what kind of things we talk about. Um, so what to you is a good coach? What, what does that mean? A good life coach, success coach? What kind of coach do you define yourself as first? 
And secondly, what makes a good coach? Uh, why don't we talk, uh, talk to Jaron first? What do you think, Jaron? Yep. Well, let me answer question two first. What makes a good coach is someone who's willing to be themselves and authentic, first of all. If you don't have the whole you or you're not willing to be vulnerable, even in the whole you, then you can't expect your mirror or the person that you're supporting to be of best benefit um, from their time with you. So you have to be authentically you. Um, be willing to go past thresholds that are comfortable sometimes when the time is right to break limits um, and let the person that you're working with, besides you being authentic and raw, helping them to be as well so that they can be honest about the situation or you know the habits or the goals that they have and where they're blocking it and where they're not. So I think that is first and foremost, besides your accolades, besides what you know, Besides what we're here to teach, which is definitely um, valuable and important part of it, I think that, that mostly we are here to be mirrors and then to guide back the truth and give the best we can in that. And that was question two. I think one fit along with that, Greg. <laughs> there's my answer. All right. Andrew, what kind of coach are you and what do you think makes a good coach? Hello. Nope. Andrew, can you hear me? Yeah, because yeah, the connection cut. Okay. So, um, like Aaron said, um, we have to be human, first of all, because coaches are human. And through our experiences, we can coach someone. How I started coaching is that I used my uh, experience, my own experiences of um, learning about stuff, about how we can think better to achieve more and other, other skills. And I actually began coaching because coaching at the end of the day is teaching, you know. And when, when you teach someone a new way of thinking and when you teach someone a new behavior and when you teach someone a new perspective, that's what coaching actually is, you know, but um, in your own pain, in your own climb to success, whatever that means to you, you are able to coach someone. So a coach, in my opinion, if I had to define it is an expert who has been there, done that and can actually help you achieve your desired goal, growth, empowerment, and transformation. Nice. And uh, guys, what do you think percentage-wise? How much percentage do you use intuition with clients? How do you, you know, how much do you use that, that gut feeling, listening to them and responding through your intuition to, tell, to say what to say next, instead of talking out of a book or talking out of something you've learned before, but that intuition coming up. What's your percentage there? What do you think? Uh, why don't we go to Andrew first? What do you think uh, percentage-wise? Oh, if it's out of 100, I always go with 100. Because <laughs> I believe that, I, yeah, because I believe that every people in front of me is totally different. So I have what we call behavior flexibility. What behavior flexibility is, I might sound as a nerd sometimes when I speak about psychology, but I will try to break it up as simply as possible. Behavior flexibility means that I try to uh, behave in a way that the client actually understands. If someone is in, uh, into fitness, for example, I like to explain to him a lot uh, in fitness terms. For example, if he's lacking in abundance, I tell him that, you know, the more you train, the harder you work, the more you will have. You know what I mean? And also, um, every person is different because I believe that how I see the world is different from how Greg sees the world and how Yaren sees the world is different from me. You know, we might have our similarities, but we all have our own unique experience. So I use my intuition a lot. <laughs> yes. And Jaren, what do you say for yeah. percentage wise? What do you got? Well, I would say 50-50 because 50% is my conditioning of the person. So I have an intention. So I'm led by intention in that part. Then the tools of which I teach by under that. There needs to be order and structure coming from the masculine aspect, the alpha aspect of who I am and what I'm sharing. Um, first and foremost, done by law of attraction in defining the types of clients I wish to work with. It'll already be a natural mix and it'll be specific because I'm intentional from that standpoint as well as being intentional within the process. But then the other half of me, um, we call it the alpha female or feminine in a sense, is receptivity to what the person is at currently, how they feel, what their direction is, what they want, 
And that includes intuition within that, being able to be intuitive about what to say next, where to go next, of those things, but also including, and you, you heard the thunder behind me maybe on the show, but I find it interesting because Andrew and I are both, you know, multidimensional manifesting generators in the human design system. And we, we play with yeah. that and say that we are Thor, we are the God of thunder in life. So of course, Greg has the alpha <laughs> show on and the first time it rains in 35, my 35 days down here in Puerto Rico, of course, there's a thunderstorm here. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, um, knowing your human design of the person in front of you is another, um, uh, leverage and skill set and the higher self understanding I have with people. So you could call that intuitive, but it's actually also understanding the mechanic mechanics of someone's makeup. So it's a mix of yin and yang, masculine and feminine. And I would say intuition is half of the process and defined structure and intention is the other half. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of coaches, um, they, they use their intuition and maybe they don't even realize that that's what they use. That makes them so good. Uh, I think that when you're uh, looking at, a person, right, that's sitting in front of you and you're trying to help them, whether it's athletics, whether it's mentally, whether it's, you know, whatever. Yes. Uh, it, it's always good to look at them um, and feel it through you as they speak and then respond. If you're already ready to respond before they even finish their sentence, you're probably doing something wrong there. You're, you're trying to... Uh, uh, be outsmart them in some ways, right? I know a book and you should read this book because no, that, that intuition, you gotta, you gotta guide yourself through a client. And that's, I think very important. And, uh, for people out there that are looking for a coach, look for somebody who's going to give you that space, that intuition. It's a big thing. Yeah. Greg, adding yeah. to what you said there, I think it was said really well. I think it's also, that would be mind and ego. That would be how some people might even perceive the word alpha for example, yeah. um, this is not ego-based or mind-based. So if you're already coming at an answer and trying to direct um, from a masculine sense without being receptive to what actually wants to happen in universal language, in God language, or what that other person has to say, that's the real issue. So patience and allowing and fully being receptive, I think, is just as important as what you know. And, when you, and, and even if you know what to do or where to go, being able to wait for the right timing of that and not trying to force. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, when we talk about, sorry, I'm doing something real quick. So when we talk about alpha, you brought that up. People have different perspectives of what that means. Some people get scared off by the word because they've met somebody in their life that was very arrogant and they thought of them as an alpha male. Right. And that's not necessarily the, 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 uh, way that it should be portrayed. But it can be just like anything, right? A girl can be a bitch, right? A guy can be yes. an asshole. But that doesn't yes. mean that all guys are assholes or all girls are bitches, right? It's just that in the sense that when we talk about alpha, and especially red pill alpha, which I've t- I'm writing about in my book, uh, is, <laughs> is the fact that we are tuned into the world of uncomfortable truth. We can see the uncomfortable truth. We're not living the comfortable lie that that makes us feel comfy all the time. And this is how we live. And this is how they tell me to live. And I have to be very polite and politically correct. I'm not allowed to say this. I'm not allowed to do that. Right. All these things that they bring up, the rules there, they are blue pill. Right. And so we're looking at the the alpha way, the red pill alpha way is to look through those uncomfortable truths and say, you know, it's a little uncomfortable for me to go over there here. It's uncomfortable for me to speak this way in front of my family that knows me so well, but it's my truth and I I need to speak it. And that's being an alpha. So let's take a look here at what an alpha would be portrayed as in the probably most people would think about, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger here. Nothing against the guy. I loved his stuff. He, he's very motivating to me. Uh, I've read his autobiography, all those type of things, and obviously seen his movies. And, you know, so he's a really interesting character. But that's what people think of an alpha male as. You don't necessarily have to be that big, muscular dude uh, who's got an accent, right? Like like Andrew does. And, uh, and have mm. to do that kind of thing. You don't have to be that. That's not what an alpha is right and so i just wanted to kind of clarify that okay let's take a look at some quotes of things that may be alpha okay so the first one here 
is Napoleon Hill. And I showed this one to you, Jaron, before. Mm. It takes half your life before you discover that life is a do-it-yourself project. Okay? Mm. That's a very interesting quote there. All right. So what do we do most of our life? And what do a lot of people do when they, let's say, live off of government assistance or they're always looking for the next person to pay for their, their meal or you know, those type of things, right? What are they doing? They're, they're, they're trying to find somebody to do it for them, right? Go to the gym. Well, let me go get a personal trainer and work with them for about a week and then I'll see what happens. And nothing happens because you're not willing to put in the work. You're only the, at the personal trainer for him to do the work for you. It doesn't work that way or the hard to do the work for you. No. Right. So well, go ahead, uh, Andrew. Well, what I believe is that life is, is a series of hard work, you know, working smart and be and working really, really hard. You know, sometimes life, um, no one's going to give you something for free because it's the law of the universe at the end of the day. You know, you give and take. It's like coaching. For example, you give something that is of value. And it's something that people really want and people really want to learn about. And you will be rewarded, you know, by freedom, et cetera, et cetera. And, and like you said, I really like that red pill and blue pill. And <laughs> because, yes, there is a lot of people like um, a lot of families, like the Walton family, et cetera, those people who are on top, you know, of the food chain, so to speak, money-wise, resources-wise, because what I believe is what you have inside of yourself that makes you rich, not this, not greediness. And I mean, when I see these billionaires and they continue to accumulate, I see a huge sense of insecurity and a poverty mentality. Cause I might have 2000 bucks and I'll be happy and I'll be rich mm -hmm. and I'll go everywhere and they'll have 6 billion and they're never happy. Yeah. So those people are, who are the people who actually do the rules, who give you the blue pill and what you are teaching, which is fantastic. You're giving people happiness through the red pill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you bring up insecurity and billionaires. There's also insecure people who go to the gym all the time. The big bodybuilders, right? The guys with the most muscle tend to be the most insecure people out there. So that's, that's an also a, a very weird paradox, right? Because you would think they would be the most confident, but they're actually the way they, the reason why they look that way and the way they, the reason why they are so motivated to constantly, that's, that's a hard process of starving yeah. yourself and, and then feeding yourself and hitting the gym six hours a day just to look that way. And they're never satisfied. Just like the woman who loses weight all the time, skinny, 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 never satisfied. Got to get skinnier. Right. Oh yes. It's that intuition thing. I mean, that intuition thing. It's the insecurity thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah going I mean, back to, going back yeah. to the Napoleon. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Aaron. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Going back to the Napoleon Hill quote. Um, I love that it says it's a do-it-yourself project. And what that really, to me, means is that, you know, we get lost in the physical and material process of this journey in life. And we do that, these things together. You know, we are relying upon others to an extent. Um, we are working with others and co-creating with others along the journey of life here. But as a spiritual being having the human experience, as Greg has often said, you are not human beings having the spiritual experience. You are spiritual beings having this experience. It is an alone project. Um, you come into the world alone. You leave alone. And it is your spiritual journey that you travel through infinite amounts of time and space and dimensions on. And what is, what is the result of what you're able to exist in and even live has started with your own karma, your own thought pattern, your own choices, your own actions. So it's all a response to you. So any coach, if they don't put the, put the, um, the pressure in a positive um, sense, red pill sense, back on yourself that you are responsible for your life, then all you're doing is giving like Band-Aids or candy to people or like almost like offering somebody money, money when they're not doing any work and they're being lazy. And eventually they don't have you to do that anymore. And it wasn't really their karma that caused it. They were just being blessed by you. And then all of a sudden they don't know what to do in the world because they don't have the work ethic, you know, which a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, we could say is a conditioning aspect in the current society of young people because they want it for them. They don't want to do it themselves. When a real coach will do is allow you to create it yourself and be supported so that you will be able to sustain yourself and always realize that the power is within you, no matter what circumstance you're having. 
to break free from all victim mentality, as well as wanting outside things to feed a gap, such as working out, can be positive, can be negative. If, if, you're, if you're feeding a gap of insecurity within yourself, all it is is a drug. If you're doing it because you love it and you want to enhance yourself and grow, then that's an accentuation of your beingness in this world. So it's all back to the power of the person, inevitably. And a lot of people are afraid to actually go to that point. Yeah. Um, when we look at being a personal trainer, uh, me and Jaron came from that background. Uh, and you, you see how people are out there, right? Um, they don't have a lot of motivation and that's why they find you. They don't have a lot of discipline. That's why they find you, right? Discipline. I mean, Andrew talks a lot about Bruce Lee. He's very into martial mm -hmm. arts and stuff like that. Discipline's very important. Uh, yes. we, we talk about, you know, people out there, what our job as a coach, a lot of times, even a personal trainer is to unprogram them or deprogram them from the program that's been, uh, put in them from TV shows and from people around them and from low self-esteem from all these things, you have to unprogram them and restart their program with a better version of themselves. That is probably one of our most important things as a, as a coach. And yes. it, it's a challenging thing, but we do the best we can. Sometimes people aren't willing to do that and they have to be ready to do it in order to be that coach, right? So have you found that challenge uh, with people and trying to, you know, reprogram them? Yes, many times. I mean, most people have conceptions of the world, how they should be, how they should look like, especially now with the rise of social media. But it, it has been happening a lot through the, through the media and stuff. But what I ask, I always ask people, what is your true goal? What makes you really, really happy? What motivates you at the end of the day? If uh, you want the body, but you don't enjoy training, why train? You know? It's, it's, you have to enjoy the process of life. And I have to add on Yaren's, uh, Yaren's thing as well. It, it's also spiritual. It's also a spiritual journey because the part that we're on, you said before, it's the mind, the body, and the soul. And a lot of people really neglecting the soul. But you don't have to neglect the body. You don't have to neglect the mind. But um, it's a shift in consciousness at the end of the day. It's not something esoteric or woo, but... What do you believe about yourself? Do you believe yourself of being thin and fit and healthy? Do you believe in yourself in being happy? That's what I essentially do when I do hypnosis and stuff. And I teach people self-hypnosis and hypnotism and stuff like that. It's helping them to meditate and use mindfulness, which hypnosis is meditation. You, uh, we've actually did it in the past, so you, you experienced it. Uh, how they can actually shift their way of thinking. And um, Yaren also has cool methods I'm not going to share, but um, I've been coached by Yaren sometimes. And um, he has really cool methods of how he can rewire your thoughts through basic stuff, you know? And um, I'm really, really also positive that you could also um, motivate them, Greg, in, in your own ways, you know? Because that's what being alpha is, is shifting consciousness, shifting the ways of thinking. That's what we all do at the end of the day. And if you're a coach and you haven't done the work, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, wait a little bit longer. I've grew much more patient hmm. these days. <laughs> yeah, life experience goes a long ways with being a coach. Yes. For sure. Yes. You know, a, a young kid at 20 years old trying to coach somebody, I, I don't know. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> like they, they, they go like, oh, make 20,000 K, make 20,000 this, make that. And they're trying to sell you coaching programs and stuff like that. Everybody's teaching people how to be a coach. That's how they're making their money. Yeah. And they haven't coached anyone in their life. Yeah. it's I mean, and, and then people get involved with those kind of coaches that are that not very well trained and they think this is what coaching is all about. <laughs> and they're like, wow, this isn't working out so well. And, you know, I, I even went through therapy when I was in my early twenties, uh, working out some childhood stuff and, um, Ooh. not every therapist is made equally either. Very nope, different. Nope, nope. It, it took me four different, four different therapists to find the right one for me that fit, fit, fit me. And some people don't know that they, they think that mm. they can't say no, you're paying this person, right? Find the mm -hmm. right one. Find the one that's going to fit you like a puzzle piece, right? And make things magical in your life. That you need to do. I mean, 
I personally, I personally don't see everyone. I, I always uh, talk to people at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes and see if I resonate with them. You know, yeah. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't yeah. need their money at the end of the day too. So, uh, so I get paid because it's like uh, people value, people give you value and what can they give me back? It's, it's, it's the, it's the currency. So, but I don't work with everyone because it's really, really important to be selective who you work with because you really have to help people if you're true about this business and everyone watching out there, not every coach is created equal. I'm not saying that we are better than anyone else or anything like that, but there is people who actually, unfortunately in the online world, like scam people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially in the law of attraction space, there's a lot of big names which are convicted fraudsters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. I mean, that's why um, in my book, I'm writing about how to vet people in your to your life, how to how to see, you know, really examine them, investigate who you're bringing into your life, friends, relationships, what the things you got to look for, the signs you got to look for the be patient. I I put it as if you throw a rock into a pond, it's going to ripple and you're going to see those ripples. But if you give it time, it will be clear again. So when exactly. someone comes into your life, it's like an emotional storm, right? It's somebody new. They're giving you the cool stuff that you want to hear. Uh, exactly. The ripples are going, right? Your emotions are up. But if you give it time and allow that to settle, could take a month, whatever, depending on how often you see them, you're going to start seeing them clearly. Are they somebody good for me or are they somebody bad for me? And without that emotional rippling going on and all that high and low of, of life going on, you're going to be able to make a better decision. So that makes sense. Makes true sense. And and in order to coach someone, you really have to have a strong rapport that we call it and a strong bond. You know, you're building rapport and bond that you can actually help the person. Like we said before, we have to teach people how to fish, not give them the fishing rod. Most people are after the fishing rod, the pills, the quick fixes, <laughs> the two-hour seminar hype yeah. and stuff like that. But they, they, they don't really want to do the work. But there is people who can change people really fast. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've done it in the past. But um, I, I think that the more I actually have time with the clients, they were the best clients. I mean, the best clients I had have been with me for one and a half year now. And um, uh, he's done the best. He's, he's really built an emotional shield. He lost his father and stuff and still stood strong. So it's incredible what we can do for people and what they can do for themselves. We are just guides. That's yes. all I see myself as. I'm, I'm nothing else more. I'm not a special person. I'm just a person obsessed with this stuff and I want to share it with the world. Yeah, you brought <laughs> up a good thing. Um, our own clients can teach us more about ourselves sometimes than, they, than we teach them. Same with my, my, my child, my kid, same thing. Oh, yo, ch- children are the best college degree ever. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Say something, Abs- Aaron. Absolutely. And an enlightening, enlightening person, let's just call it that. The more you become quote unquote enlightened, the more you realize how much you're learning through everything in your life. So your clients are included, but the real gurus and the real teachers are learning through life consistently. You know, they're not just there to teach and be masculine only and give. They're there to receive and learn from life. And I think in saying that, going back just a little bit, thinking about, you know, not just speaking to the audience that, you know, may be interested in having someone help them, but also to the teachers out there, to the coaches out there. I just highly recommend, again, before you even look at, well, is this person going to be right to work with or is this not? And that whole process of that experience and time. You get more vertical in your intention by defining the types of clients you want to be on, be with. So I'm very clear, maybe 10% might not work out, but for the most part, any person that ever comes to me is already naturally inclined and designed to want to do it because I'm intentional about who I'm going to work with. I'm not looking for quantity. I'm looking for quality. And the big characteristic, which Greg brought up earlier is, are they, not, and both of you, not only are they willing to do the work, are they willing to rewrite the story? or rewrite the neuro, um, you know, their neurology in their brain? Are they going to change themselves? And for me, I I learned this after coaching for, you know, 12 years, training for 10 years before that, I mean, or mixed along with that process, is that, you know, 
it, the more that I become intentional about having people that are willing and committed to do the work, they don't need to be, it's not like you have to be superior genius or intelligent. You don't have to have accolades, but the willingness to be receptive and the willingness to do the work, then the more they're going to gain from the experience, the more I'm going to gain because I'm not going to waste my time on all the things in between by like seeing, is this person really wanted or is that person really wanted? I'm just very intentional about who. And then when they show up, you've already got, you've already got it ready. Then maybe you can intuit what might need to be adjusted here or there. But I find most coaches are not defining enough of what they're really looking for in a client. Hmm. And that's how you live what you teach. It's not just, I need a client. Let me find anybody. And then let's see how it goes. It's no, I knew you were coming because this was my intention. And now you know that you asked for me. And so now how do we combine and synergize to, to grow equally? Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's how important that, that is why it's so important to find your own niche. Yeah. In anything in life, not just in coaching, you know, uh, oh, to find your yeah. own niche. I mean, we're, th- we're talking about a little bit about success. A tip that I can give everyone to be more successful, to be more happier, whatever that might be in their life is to really find the niche and the things that they like and focus on them, you know, and do your current job the best at your ability. And, you know, if you want to start a business, build the capital from your current job. Yeah. Or if you if you're liking your current job, continue to do that. It doesn't have to be, you know, all the glitz and glamour and what the media and tells us and stuff like that. You know, at the end of the day, it's what makes you happy. That's what success is. And coaches, you know, find your niche and success will come. And coaching doesn't have to be emotional success relationship life and blah 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 you can just be very good at something you could be good at brewing beer or have (laughs) stuff like that and you could teach that that's actually coaching you know (laughs) you could teach people how to hypnotize others and stuff like that that's still coaching at the end of the day you know because you're giving people a service that they want to learn that's what coaching is you know yeah absolutely And and i like to refer to the hero's journey a lot if you're on the hero's journey and you're doing things that you don't want to do, but it's bringing you to your next spot on the hero's journey, meaning you're bringing yourself to the place you really want to be in the big picture of life. That's your hero's journey. If you're working a job you don't like, but it's getting you to the next step of the hero's journey, go for it. That's what you got to do. So that's where we got to go with that stuff. All right, I have a... I have a quick uh, motivational video here, and I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So let's take a look. Just a minute. All right. You're going to be your habits and rituals. You better get a habit and a routine and rituals that serve you, because if you show me what you're going to do, because here's why. Under pressure, you'll always go back to your habit. So you've got to have habits, rituals, and routines that serve you. The next thing is this. You better think about something huge that you want to do with your life that grips your heart that makes you want to get out of bed every single morning that's massive and it should be right now whatever just occurred to you it's bigger than that it's bigger than that and make it big because that's going to be the compelling vision of your life it's going to get you moving okay that's a at least for me a massive significant part of my 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 life and that is and then lastly is don't listen to people that are going to tell you that you can't do it don't listen to haters don't listen to naysayers don't listen to people that give you advice that tell you to slow down or you shouldn't do it or you can't do it or the time's not right or any of those other things. Those are dream stealers. They were sent to you to see if you'll overcome them. They were sent to you to test your resiliency. And if you can overcome that, if you just discard all of that stuff and you get clear on those other things, you've got a really good chance of doing something great with <laughs> Great with your life. All right, guys, what, what's your reaction to that? Very good, yeah. It, it's good, but I find it um, very American. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, bigger, bigger, better, let's... Yeah. You know, but what we what he's saying makes a lot of sense, you know, get a vision that um, helps you to wake up in the morning. But what I like to do with also my clients, I don't tell them to think small, but um, small steps win the race. You know, I tell them, for example, that um, five minutes of, for example, meditation or mindfulness or five minutes of journaling or five minutes of exercise or five minutes of, or, or one healthy meal a day is better than nothing, you know? Because if you, if you set your expectations too high, you'll get disappointed and, you'll, and, you're, and you quit. I think both of you will agree on this because you've been personal trainers. Mm. Like if someone, you know, wants to look like a fitness model in one month, it's not possible. 
to change the consciousness is possible, to make them think that they're a fitness model is possible really fast. But I don't think, I, I don't think that, you know, the bigger, 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 uh, the better uh, stuff. It doesn't really resonate with me anymore. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, well, what he's saying is you have to know who you are and what you want and believe in that. So the first part is he's talking about believing in yourself. Yes, and I agree. finding finding what that is and being big with that, not limiting yourself to what society or your past has determined is possible. So to me, inside, it's important to have a very big belief in yourself and a very big dream. But then secondly, he talks about since you're going to be running a program, right, which we could go into the subconscious aspect, but to choose better habits and better behaviors when you get pressured, when you get into the stress, when you get challenged, when things aren't working out, to have a more positive structure of what you go with, which can be helpful to have a coach help you do that. Yes. So you don't go back to the same parts. And then the third part, which he's saying is, which I even add to more and say that, you know, inevitably the external world is not you at all. You're just taking on information. And it's your choice to how you take it on. But as it comes through people, which Greg really it does well at talking about, you know, the villains that come into your life that might put you down or, or make you question yourself or judge you and this and that, is he saying, this guy in this video is saying, don't listen to that. You know, you can intuitively de decide when you're getting constructive uh, criticism or whether this is just somebody's ego trip or judgment or desire or agenda for you. And you need to be able to determine that. So you want support from people outside of you. And you want to be told when you're off by people that are really meaning it. And your body can feel that. But the other quote unquote haters or normal people out there that, you know, want to follow a societal norm, then don't listen to them because it's only the people that burn bright and that are willing to walk bright are the, the ones that accomplish bright. But they're the small few in the world compared to the, to the troops that just walk through normal life <laughs> that they're taught. Yeah. Yes, I have a and I believe, <clears throat> and, I, yeah. and, I, and I believe that everyone has extreme power within themselves if they tap into their own power. Yeah, yeah. So I have a response, but I just want to say real quick, we do have a chat board. So if you are watching us, you can chat in here. I see that Bud's on and Diana is on. So thanks for joining us. Um, if you want to write in the comments, I might see them and uh, be able to respond to them. Uh, so what I want to say is. I enjoy the big picture point of view. Now, do you have to be more seasoned in hitting goals and good habits before you can do those huge, big uh, views on life, right? Think big. Do you have to have the right habits? Do you have to have the right things going on in your life to do that? Because if you're going to have this huge goal... Uh, and you don't have good habits, you don't have good traction, you don't have good history of being disciplined, then you're probably not going to reach that big goal no matter what you do. But mm -hmm. so if you are a novice person who's just breaking in, maybe working with a coach, yes, you're going to have to do baby steps, baby habits, things that you can change quickly and see results quickly in, because that's the only way you're going to stay motivated, right? Uh, people want to drop weight, well, if they don't drop weight quick, guess what they're going to do in two weeks? Hey, I gained a pound. I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. This isn't working for me. All my hard work is not going anywhere. So as Jaron says, you don't see it for six weeks a lot of times, right? So it, it's this, this pattern of the human body. You have to wait for it to be patient, but people aren't willing to be patient. So you have to give them small goals, small things to do and see so that they can feel accomplished and feel that giving themselves discipline, giving themselves better habits is an actual good thing for them and not something that's just a pain in the ass, right? So you're right. In some ways, that big picture point of view for somebody novice, somebody just breaking in to these type of things is not going to work too well. Although if, if you can get them to have a big goal and you write it down on a piece of paper and you just put it to the side and six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks later, you bring it out and go, look, you're getting closer to this goal. That could help them because they could see like, wow, all these little things are getting me to my big thing. But to constantly be telling them, this is your big goal. This is your big goal. This is your big goal. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. is not going to do anything for them. So, but I enjoy a right. big goal. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, they dieted for, for an hour and they say, <laughs> I don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, but I mean, you know, I mean, I read actually Don, the Donald Trump book and he said, I always thought big. Yeah. So, I mean, there is some truth to that, you know, to that uh, all, all American well, beef guy. It depends on when, how you're raised, right? Number one. How was your family life? What was your father like? What was your mother like? Did you grow up in a place where you were constantly be to being told you're not good enough? Or were you encouraged all the time to think big and to go for big things, right? So that's going to help you in that kind of mindset. Uh, if you're a kid coming up and you're encouraged to think big and to go for big goals and to see yourself reaching them, you know, at 20 years old, go out and buy that apartment building. I mean, how many people are doing that? But, you know, the big entrepreneur that that Mr. Controversial Trump is, um, you know, he's a big personality and he's oh, you see him in, in business deals. And I and I actually brought him up in my book about how he keeps people in frame all the time. They're always playing in his frame. OK, so think about a picture frame. OK, and, you know. He's making the people stay in the picture frame. He's the yeah. frame around them. He won't let them go out of his frame. If it's a business deal and it's going the wrong way, he's like, I'm out of here. I'll see you. You're not playing in my frame anymore. So that's the, uh, I guess, the alpha side of keeping somebody in a frame, right? And that's what we talk, teach about women as well when we talk about guys and dating and everything else, keeping them in frame. The, the woman in the frame, in the artwork, she is the beauty. You want to keep her in that nice painting. You're the frame around her. She's always going to challenge you and try to break out of that frame. Right? That yes. may be subconsciously too. Are you man enough or alpha enough to stay in her frame? Or are you going to break down and go, no, please don't, please don't. And you start becoming a person that she's not attracted to anymore because you're not holding her in her frame and her beauty where she should yes. be. So. I agree. Just a little philosophy from my book. Yeah. <laughs> nice good stuff All really right. good stuff i like what i like what i hear <laughs> yeah i call it i we call that um pacing and leading you know pacing and leading the client going uh, at, at the same rate as the the client goes and lead them to the destination that they want to want to go to very interesting i like it pacing interesting yep. all these all these cool stuff Call, yeah. called teaching cues when I learned when I was a when I was in college and learned to be a gym teacher, teaching cues. <laughs> All right, um, so let's get into our question of the night. I like this question a lot. Um, I came across this in in a really cool video I was watching. Uh, so, yeah. is anger a good thing? Is anger healthy? Is anger like something that's good for society throughout history, or is it bad? Which one is it? What What do we think here? Let's have a little discussion about anger. Is anger mm. healthy? Because remember, there's a cancel culture out there right now, and they're trying to cancel everything. They're even trying to cancel anger, right? They don't want men angry anymore, or women for that point, for that matter. They don't want anger in society anymore. What is that going to do to society? Because let me bring up a point. Somebody got angry about it being cold outside and built a goddamn house because they were angry. And then houses were invented. So anger... Could be a good tool as well what do you think about anger let's start with jaron first What's your thoughts on jaron uh, on uh, anger my thoughts on jaron well it's amazing <laughs> no just kidding um first and foremost on an individual level without even looking at society in the present i would just say that anger is amazing depending on how you channel it so number one we're in bodies for a reason and we're meant to feel spectrums of frequency for a reason and our body signals us when we're off. So for some of us, we're even designed to be angry. There are some people, 10% of the world is designed to have regular bouts of anger. The thing is, it's an internal compass. Then it's how you channel it. So to channel out the anger at your mirror or at the world in front of you, the illusion, what you've created is causing a lot of negative. So you could just go into all the that does to people around you and to your world because you're being in bad destruction. That's you know, being anger, but turning it to the positive, 
like Greg said, you could turn it into some major, major accomplishment you do. You feel all that primal energy turns into some kind of creation. Or at the very least, you're learning through contrast. You're learning that, hey, I'm angry because I'm not happy with this situation. So now I need to become neutral as a soul, flip it, realize I'm here to learn through contrast and say, okay, so this is where I need to go next, which oftentimes isn't just about creating something new. It's about dropping things off and destruction, which is what a lot of people and clients have an issue with is that half of creation is destruction. And it's about letting go of attachments to identities, to emotional attachments, expectations, these kind of things. So if you channel anger or frustration or sadness or any of those in the moment, you can quantumly create a lot of things and you can literally shift your behaviors on a very quick level if you channel it in the right direction. Um, Having said that, just quickly bringing it to the collective that Greg was mentioning. Yes, because they want us to be humans, to be less human, um, more robotic, enslaved and then not think for yourself and be enslaved and they don't want you to use the faculties of your emotions and your intuitions and things so they are trying to they is relative but they're trying to shut that down as a species and it actually is convincing men and women alike to be a little bit more different than they're genetically hardwired because they think it's a bad a bad thing when really it's just how they're how they're designed and how they're meant to live so you have to really question what Mm -hmm. is natural elements of feelings versus what is society to, through the matrix uh, of the control system trying to erase so that you become a numb not thinking for yourself human being <laughs> Andrew what are your thoughts I believe that balance in life you know not too much anger because it can be toxic and it could uh, induce a lot of stress hormones and stuff so definitely not above anger but definitely not no anger you know I mean, the cancel culture and no anger is definitely unnatural because anger, I guess it's natural. So like um, the yin and yang philosophy, balance, male and female, you need to have a little bit of both. Me personally, I don't really, uh, I don't think clearly in anger. So um, it's really, really important that uh, you, you find ways to remain calm in these situations, you know, because anger leads to it could lead to violence and stuff it led to world wars and stuff and uh, hatred uh, between peoples and races and uh, fear but you know a little bit of anger it's not bad i guess like a little bit of sugar (laughs) well let me just say that my perspective on anger causing war i don't believe that i believe that's caused from a higher power i don't think that race wars are necessarily caused from anger either. I think there's a lot of factors going on behind the scenes that are pushing us in directions to think this way. And it's happening right now as we speak. Uh, You know, just the way they're trying to divide things going on in society. Yeah, I get that perspective. And and it it could, and and I think I agree with it, actually. I, I agree with it. Not I think, I agree with it. But what I have found even in in the therapy work and coaching work that I have done that some people are, for example, joining particular movements like uh, right-wing movements or whatever movements, which are extreme, obviously, and stuff like that, because they've gone through childhood traumas, for example, you know, or they join gangs because they have anger at society Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, it it, it is the higher powers too who steer us in certain directions, Mm -hmm. actually, you know. Well, Sylvester Stallone, I believe it was Sylvester Stallone, he said that uh, when he lined up, he had a boxing show, right? And I don't know if you remember this, but he had a boxing show on TV. And I think it was like the, I can't even remember the name of it, but he brought in these amateur boxers and he wanted to see which one would come on, come up on top, right? And it was a show. It was like, you know, they would fight each week and they would have, Mm -hmm. you know, they'd live together and all this stuff. And he said that, Nine out of the 10 boxers, when he asked them this question, do you have anger issues against your father? Nine out of 10 raised their hand. That's why they were there to get out daddy issues. So yes, anger will drive us to do a lot of things, right? It does. And it drives us to do positives like you you said. Now is going to boxing, right? And becoming the heavyweight champion of the world because you had a daddy issue is that a positive or is that a negative in yourself? Very interesting question there, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like Mike Tyson, you know, he had a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like 
um, and, um, and and it's actually anger that driven driven him to be the best, and also Muhammad Ali because he felt that he was discriminated against in that time, and um, yes, yes, I mean everything in balance, you know, yeah. everything in balance. But, but actually, it's really interesting that the movie Anger Management actually. <laughs> <laughs> inspired me to be a therapist. Uh, what's his wow, name? Wow, really? Time? Yes, Jack yeah. Nicholson was in Jack it? Nicholson, yes. yeah. I wanted to be like the crazy guy. Yeah. Like goose from a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. <laughs> that's a good, that's good. Yeah, yeah, you know, anger is a very interesting emotion. And, you know, we always hear the bad parts of anger, right? You hear the person who had domestic violence. You heard the person who went to prison because they couldn't control their anger. You hear people going to anger management because they can't control it. Uh, some people are very angry and they drink their feelings away, right, with alcohol. Uh, some people have just a lot of different things, you know. some I, I know this one person who I'm friends with uh, all the way from high school. He's a very emotional guy. And I make this joke because all of his brothers are the same way. I make this joke that if you're that guy, I'm not going to mention his name, but if you're that guy, uh, last name, uh, you're either going to have the guy punch you in the face or cry on your shoulder. That's their two emotions, right? That they don't know any other thing. They just either fight or cry. <laughs> <laughs> so very interesting people that we meet every day, right? And as coaches, we always kind of analyze, like, right? I'm always analyzing people uh, in my head. Uh, my wife looks at me sometimes and says, stop analyzing me. And I said, how'd you know I was doing that? And she's like, just the way you're looking at me, you're thinking about what I just said and why it's, why I'm the way I am and all those type of things. And I do that. I'm very analytical. It's within us, it's within us you know, to yeah. analyze people, look at people and stuff like that. And I seem to magnetize lunatics most of yeah. the time, you know, <laughs> the people I meet, you know, day to day life, it's like really colorful characters, which is fantastic. You know, it keeps... It keeps life uh, good, and I think I manifest that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I so I have stories to tell, and because I love to have a laugh. But you know, <laughs> on anger, I um I do agree that they shouldn't cancel anger because you can protect your family in anger. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I do get it sometimes. Go, Yaren. Again, looking at it just again as a, a compass and an experience of being in the body, it is energy that has become either stuck or radiated or imbalanced or whatever the case may be. Um, I think it, it's how you channel it out again. And, and there's many, um, many even spiritual practices or people that think that, well, I'm just going to cross my hands and meditate for 10 minutes and then my anger is going to go away. And the reality is, yes, you have the potential to do that. Normally it involves deep breath work and that breath work is moving the energy out. Or you can do it. Your mind can't control it. But for the most part, you're not your conscious self. You're your subconscious self. So you think you've gotten rid of the anger, but you haven't. It's in your body. So if you're not going to channel it to something good and you're not going to, and we're already obviously agreeing, you don't like attack somebody with it. That's the real issue. That's yeah. foundational. But you got to get it out. So as I mean, just go exercise. Yeah. Go, yes. go, go punch your own pillow. Yeah. You know, do something to get the energy out. Just thinking that it's gone, it isn't gone because it's subconsciously in you. You're, you're not what you think you are. You're what you subconsciously think you are. So I just feel it's important for people to realize it's how you move it and how you channel it and what you can direct it towards. But I will say you can create amazing things with contrasting experiences. Sometimes they cause you to make major changes in your life that you normally wouldn't do without those sensations. Absolutely. Yes. And I think fear plays into that, right? Because if you are afraid, right? I mean, men are afraid as, as women are, right? We have our own enemies. As they say, um, the moment you get uh, this tough, you win this championship, there's always the next guy coming for you, right? There's never a time where you could just go, I'm the champion, I'm the king. You know, it just doesn't work. And so yeah. when we talk about fear, uh, fear gives us courage, right? Because if we don't have fear, we don't have courage. So that's really what makes us who we are, right? That's how we look at ourselves in the mirror and go, I did that, man. And because you went through the fear, you know, fear gives us good habits, right? And so because we need to, you know, figure out what's going to, you know, I know I built my body. I wanted to be muscular. I wanted to be a, a, a decently strong guy because of fear that I had as a childhood, right? And I brought it with me and I started to work out 
And I started to build muscle on my body because of fear. And also, you know, you can find, you know, all kinds of channels, right? If you, if you're an angry person, if you're, you know, fearful person, you can go to a dojo, right? And learn, you know, karate, you can learn kickboxing, you can go do, you know, UFC type stuff, you can hit the gym, you can go for a, a, a run. There's all these type of things that jiu really jujitsu. Jiu jitsu. There you go. All these things that can really, especially as a man, you need that release. You need that, you know, you're a high testosterone person, you're a handsome man, men like we have on here on the show. You know, you need to get to to get to the gym or get someplace where you can get that aggression out, get the adrenaline flowing. And man, do I feel better after a workout. My head's mm -hmm. clear. I feel like I could write a book. I feel like there's so much good stuff that happened in that instant of going and, and doing it. I think we all have that in common. I mean, what like training has become my religion, you know? Yeah. That you you have to train and get the negativity out and stuff like that. I, I also wake up really early in the morning. I like wake up at like 5 a.m. to work out actually. And I train with an amateur boxer. And he has told me that since he's he's began training again, his mind's better. Mm. And he's not he he knows nothing about the stuff we know and stuff like that. You know, he's quite a blue collar guy and stuff, but but that's what he told me. Just moving has really helped my relationship and everything. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, we we all have been in relationships where, you know, you got in a little fight or you're whatever, you're just annoyed. And you go hit the gym, you go do something positive instead of go to the bar and drink, you go hit mm. the gym and you do something good for yourself. You get the blood flowing, you get, you feel that a pump, you feel the adrenaline, you know, like Arnold says, the pump is as good as coming, right? So you, you, you just, you have a different perspective. You go inside and you have a much better conversation with your, with your relationship partner. So it's a good way of getting stuff. I got Jaren good. <laughs> that yeah, that was a good way. We were both laughing at that one. That was good. Uh, <laughs> good. I want to be the greatest bodybuilder of all time. I went to America. Here comes the actor, uh, 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 Andrew, out of him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. So to wrap up, I think we did a really good job with our first episode. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. we, we hit on a lot of topics. Uh, we dove deep into a lot of good stuff. So, uh, Jaron, uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, May 15th? Promote your, your little um, class you're going to be doing coming up. Oh, yeah. For those interested, you can check out my, my Facebook page, uh, Jaron Kenyon. Just go to my page and you will see I have an event coming up May 15th. Um, in Syracuse where I'm teaching manifestation through writing as well as 369 Tesla powered principles, human design, which is your superhero suit, should you learn to use it, and quantum sounds and mantras. So lots of different things to help you manifest your world going forward, as well as clear out the stuff that you want to clear out from the past. So all those things wrapped into one and you can check out my page on that. And I know Greg's got other sources for that. Yeah. And, um, on top of that, just working with private clients one-on-one -on -one is my main job where if you're ready and you're willing and you're wanting to go somewhere new, you're wanting to make change, I guarantee you that'll happen. And just reach out if you're interested in changing your life. Yeah, Jaron's a wonderful coach. Um, yes, he Andrew, is. Uh, you got anything to promote for us? Anything good? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, everyone who wants to just uh, learn more about how to have more self-confidence or wants to learn how to do self-hypnosis and stuff, I offer one-on-one -on -one, uh, online. And also I got some Amazon books too. I've written, I've written them for, for you guys, which are really affordable. And uh, you could also visit my YouTube channel too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah and uh, if you want to find out either one of them, you can go to Linktree uh, slash Rise Up Radio and you'll find them yes. there. All right. Really Thank cool you, show. For inviting me. I appreciate Thank you, you guys yeah. coming on. Thank I hope you. everybody enjoyed this. Our first, first yes, coach's corner. Yeah, good stuff. Thank, and, Thank you for having us on, Greg. It was awesome. Thank you, Greg. Look forward to, looking forward to all the future coaches and topics you're going to talk about. And Andrew, it was a wonderful time being with you for the first one. My soul brother from another mother, <laughs> actually, alien, alien brother. It's good to have you on, man. We love you. You're awesome. awesome. And I know people that have been personally changed by this guy. So, 
Tune in. And Greg, we're following your ship, so keep driving. Yeah. Yeah, and thanks for mentioning Alpha so much in this podcast. I appreciate that. That was, I think we hit like uh, 50 maybe times. We mentioned <laughs> Alpha. Good stuff. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And uh, like and subscribe and share this around so you can show your friends just how cool you are. Showing them these coaches. 